You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, a late Friday night edition, uh, something that you can take into the weekend. This is the daily TCU podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Uh, so I'll, I'll quickly get this out of the way. TCU lost today to Iowa State, 48 to 14. They finished the season five and seven, three and six in conference play. Brees Hall had 242 yards rushing for the Cyclones, 13 yards per carry, three touchdowns. Um, it was three nothing at the end of the first quarter. It was 17-7 at halftime, but the second half was completely dominated by Iowa State in just about every facet of the game. So TCU misses out on the bowl game this season. Which is disappointing to me. I mean, I get that, you know, you finish 6-6, six and six, you're probably going to the Heart of Dallas Bowl or something like that. But still, um, that's always a nice way to end the season. Gives the guys something to look forward to, the postseason coming up. But I, I think, honestly, it's fitting. Like, it's fitting that this group couldn't quite get there. Um, it makes sense. And I feel like in some ways is an advantage based on the news that came down this afternoon which, again, nothing is official still, but uh, it's been widely reported now, first by Jeremy Clark from uh, Horn Frog Blitz and Billy and Body from the SMU 247 website, that Sonny Dykes is expected to be named the TCU head football coach. Uh, I would expect a press conference either Sunday or Monday. He does have to coach a game tomorrow for SMU and their season finale, which I'm sure will be awkward. Not sure the reception he'll get there in Dallas. I know, obviously, a lot of SMU fans are upset, but Sonny Dykes, you know, it's been widely speculated and reported and hinted at for about a week now, but it appears to be a done deal at this point. Um, he's moving on to TCU. It looks like SMU is going to hire Rhett Lashley, former offensive coordinator there, who is now at Miami, become their new head coach. And Sonny Dykes is already assembling his staff. So uh, a lot of things to talk about here. One, I know – there are a bunch of people that are kind of underwhelmed with this hire, and I understand it. Uh, the funny thing is, I feel like if, maybe I'm wrong, if not for the flirtation with Billy Napier, I feel like there might be some more energy behind this, but the fact that it seemed like they were going to get Sonny Dykes, and then they didn't, or they were going to get you know some bigger name, and then they didn't, and they sort of got Sonny Dykes instead, um, a lot of people are looking at this like they somehow settled. And I get that point of view. I know that Sonny has struggled late in the season. I will say I don't really take into account a lot of what's happened the last few weeks with SMU as something that's against his coaching record. Like, honestly, I just feel like those guys kind of knew he was moving on. And usually when that happens, a team has trouble finding a way to get up and play hard and fight through the rest of the season. And especially when you're playing a team as good as Cincinnati, which might be the first group of five team to ever crack the college football playoff. They also lost a game to Houston this year which is a really good team that Houston's probably going to play in the American Conference title game. And they lost to Memphis. He was a solid program. But I understand the sentiment of, well, he couldn't he couldn't get it done at SMU as far as winning a conference title, getting them to an elite status. How is he going to do it you know, at TCU in the Big 12? But I would say the jump that SMU made under him was pretty huge, one. Secondly, like this, this idea that Sonny – this is, this is an underwhelming hire because Sonny Dykes is replacing a legend. Like, that doesn't really hold water with me. I mean, I get it. Like, Gary Patterson did an amazing job. We could spend multiple hours talking about the job that he did at TCU. I, I'm probably a student of TCU because of what Gary Patterson did there. 
Like, if not for, even though it was relatively close to me, the, the campus was, if not for the football program being really good and playing in the Rose Bowl, that's what put my eye on the sports broadcasting department. That's what, you know, eventually led to me becoming a student. I know a similar story for a lot of people, whether it was the Rose Bowl or just, you know, stumbling upon the TCU football program in some form or fashion. It was a huge marketing tool for the university. He's He did things there that nobody else has done in decent chance nobody could do again. It's maybe as disappointing as that is to hear. I don't know if they'll ever get back to that level. I hope they do. I'm not sure if Sunday Ike is going to be the guy to do that. But he'll get his chance to, you know, write his own story. But here's my point. I mean, like, I get it. You are replacing a legend. You're replacing the best coach in school history. But that being said, like, what he's walking into right now, this is what the TCU football program is right now. They're a school that is in not even really the middle of the pack. It's at the bottom of the Big 12. They've not made a bowl game in two of the last three years. This is not 2014. This is not, you know, the Rose Bowl team. This is not even the team early in Gary's tenure that was prone to, you know, get upsets against big-time Power 5 schools. Like, TCU has been stuck in a cycle of mediocrity now for almost an entire recruiting class. Almost, an, you know, an entire four years, like, in a, a whole cycle of seniors have come and gone now, a lot of those guys could be coming back next year because of COVID eligibility issues or rules. And the highlight of their tenure at TCU was rallying to make a bowl game and beating Cal in the Cheez-It Bowl. Like, that is, that's, that's what we're talking about right now. I hope that Sonny Dykes is able to elevate it to where they were six, five or six years ago. But that's where the program is right now. And do I think Sunday Dykes get this team to eight or nine wins consistently? Yes. Now, is that the standard I want? No. But if that's the first step they take in the first couple of years of his tenure, then I think that's a big step forward. And then you sort of see where you go from there. The offense is going to be better, or it should be better. He's been able to score everywhere he's been. Now, the defense coordinator hire is going to be a big deal. It is. You have to find somebody who can establish – an identity on defense who can allow Sonny Dykes and the offensive staff to do their job and can get back to, you know, not not the same scheme they had, not the same identity they had under Coach P, but have a defense that fights, that is tough, that is hard-nosed, that makes it hard on teams to score, that is nasty. That's not what they are right now. They just gave up 242 yards to Brees Hall. SMU ran for 350 yards on them. This is not a physical, hard-nosed team. And they haven't been for a couple of years. And I know that's not necessarily Sunny Dyke's calling card. But I think he could improve it from what it's been lately. And we'll have to see. Now, as far as the staff goes, because I, I spent a lot of time talking on you know Thanksgiving Day, it's important to get some of these young coaches that are on staff at SMU over to TCU, because I think that makes a big difference in how you know the Sunny Dykes era could go. And in my mind, the most important domino to fall 
is Rashad Samples, who is associate head coach, running backs coach at SMU. According to William Body and Jeremy Clark, Rashad Samples is coming to Fort Worth, which is huge. Now, you know, we'll see what the timeline is, what that looks like. I don't know how this is going to work with the current SMU staff um, as far as are they going to coach the bowl game. I know Sonny Dykes is going to move on. I don't know what the rest of the, the group is going to do. But this recruiting class that TCU has right now is in complete shambles. You have basically two weeks before early signing day to get some momentum going. And there were a number of SMU players that decommitted on Wednesday. Safety Chance Biddle. Wide receiver Jordan Hudson. Wide receiver Cordell Russell is a 2023 player. Can you get all those guys to TCU? Could you flip somebody else? Could you could you kind of mine around and find some folks to make this recruiting class more respectable? A number of TCU players are decommitted. Could you find a way to get one of those guys back? Could you possibly get Matthew Golden back? We'll see. You've got a little time to do it. And if, if samples has an opportunity to get over here and recruit a little bit, I think that's really promising. You're not going to end up with, you know, a top three, probably not even a top five class in the Big 12, but can you at least salvage it to a point that you feel better about where you're at? And then to use the transfer portal to kind of try to fill in the holes in year one. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, also, along with Rashad Samples, looks like David Grew, receivers coach, Chidira Uzo Debre, defensive line coach, will be joining at CCU. And then strength and conditioning coach Kyle Kazadi also appears to be headed to the Horn Trunk, uh, which, you know, I was hearing about that, I think it was Sunday when I was talking with Matt. It's really funny that Kyle is going to end up in Fort Worth, considering he almost fought some TCU fans uh, about a decade ago after they got stomped by. Um, after he was at Baylor at the time, and Baylor got stomped by TCU, and then he was trying to fight some guys in the stands afterwards. He was also a big part of that Brial staff, so it's just sort of funny that he's going to end up in purple. But Kyle has a really good track record. He's done a great job everywhere he's been as far as strength and conditioning goes. And this is a TCU team that's been just depleted totally by injuries. And when that happens, you know, fans point to the, the S&C staff. And in most cases, I would say, oh, that doesn't matter. Like, you're overblowing things. Just it's an overreaction. That's not the case. But, like, the injuries are ridiculous. And it's been ridiculous for a while. So I want to see somebody else in that spot. I also want to see a team that's just bigger and more physical. Because right now they're undersized. And I think there's been a lot of focus on speed and athleticism, um, which is great. But if you can't move people on the offensive and defensive lines, it doesn't matter. And that's a big problem for for TCU football and has been for a while. So Sunday Dykes coming over, um, has some time to build a staff, has some time to get recruiting in order, and that will be the new era of TCU football. I'm excited to see how it plays out over the next few weeks. I'm excited to see what the offseason looks like. I'm on board with this. You know, it's not – Is it was it their first choice? Probably not, even though he was 
a name that was on the list from the start. And he checked a lot of the boxes that Jeremiah Donati laid out in his initial press conference. Offensive-minded, current head coach, understands the current landscape of college football. But that SMU staff did a really good job branding that team, making that, you know, the school of Dallas, the team of Dallas, a place where Metroplex kids were really interested in latching on. And they were landing, you know, four-star recruits, which is not something that the Ponies have done in a long time. So with better resources, with better players, with more talent, is the ceiling higher at TCU? I think it is. And I really think that the ceiling is higher than the product they put out there lately, which has honestly been kind of a disaster. I mean, this season was exhausting. Aside from an upset win against Baylor, there were not really any bright spots. So now there's you know, some optimism and something to look forward to with a new era of TCU football starting. We'll have coverage of that all week long. I'll have Matt Jennings on with me on Sunday night, and we'll post that on Monday. I just want to throw this out there. Again, TCU not going to a bowl game to finish the season 5-7, and seven, but it appears Sonny Dykes is on his way. He's bringing some of his staff with him, and we'll see how that shakes out in the coming days. This has been Locked On Horned Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.